right now he's able to touch, he's able to heal. So let's just do that right now. God, I thank you, Lord, that you are touching and that you are healing bodies, God. That, that any sickness, God, any disease, any discomfort, God, that you are touching and healing now in the name of Jesus. You are in the room. Healing is in the room. Heaven, you are in the room. And we just bless you, God, for freedom where the spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. So be free right now in the name of Jesus. Be free right now. And I encourage you to do this. We'll we'll have another invitation for another call for healing. But for those that are on right now, just begin to check your bodies because healing is in the room. Just begin to check your bodies. I'm not calling out anything at the moment, uh, but just begin to just move because God is moving. So you just move. Do something that you couldn't do before. Glory to God. And if you experience some kind of breakthrough, some kind of easement, some type, some type of movement, freedom of movement, go ahead and put it in the chat box. Put it on YouTube. Put it on Facebook. Uh, we're live on both avenues. So, again, uh, do that. We're a congregation. We're a family. And we got people praying for you right now. We got a team of intercessors. Even as you're watching, even as I'm ministering the preached word, we got a team of intercessors praying. I don't know. People are praying and receiving. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, this is Resurrection Sunday, 2020. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And there was a word. There is a word. So I know that God's got something for you. He's got something for me. He's got something for all of us. And then for those that are watching live now and those who might come across this message later, know that you're at a later point. Know that if you came across this message at a later date, that your steps have been ordained to watch this. Amen. Glory to God. Well, there is a word. There is a word today. So let's go ahead and get started. Good morning. Good morning. Amen. So, um, of course, uh, I want to kind of flow, flow with this here. So this is an unprecedented time. This is an unprecedented Resurrection Sunday under the most under the most unique circumstances that we've ever seen in our generation or even in our lifetimes. And that is a fact. But I'm so excited about it because we got the body of Christ <clears throat> online. Some people that may have never uh, desired to cross into the thresholds of a physical building, they're going to be on social media. They're going to be on Instagram Live. Uh, they're going to be seeing stuff on Twitter. Um, the kingdom of God is going viral today. Amen. So that's what's happening all across the world. And so I'm telling you. And I know that you know this to be true, that this is also a time where God's just going to be doing some unprecedented things. In unprecedented times, God does unprecedented stuff. He shows up. So we thank God for doing that in the midst. And he's not limited by any measure nor by any man. And so um, uh, another thing that I think that will be happening today, because one, the kingdom is dominating the airwaves. Come on. The kingdom is dominating the airwaves today. But also, with everything that's been going on, people need to hear some good news. All the different news channels that they look at uh, is disparaging news. So they need to hear some good news, and we got some good news for them. We got some good news for you today. And so um, I just want to let you know, the way that we're going to kind of flow today, the way that God kind of gave me this word, we're not going to get to our scripture nor our title of the message until the very end. All right. But everything that we're going to share right now is going to provide context for the very end. So let's get ready to jump in. Somebody right now, uh, 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 just say right now, just say, go to the garden. Go to the garden. And so for those that do not know gardens, well, of course, you probably know, even if you're not a Christian or not, you've heard of the Garden of Eden. 
And so gardens are very symbolic and very significant in the Bible from the Garden of Eden to the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus actually prayed uh, uh, before he was getting ready to endure what he had to endure through the crucifixion. Uh, all of these gardens have played important roles in the assignments of men. And so um, I actually have a very small garden right on the other side of this camera uh, on the side of my home. And it was this past Monday, uh, this past Monday, I believe it was February, uh, February, Lord Jesus, April 6th, where uh, I, I, I was in the midst of an extended fast. And uh, particularly that day was where I was just beginning my water only fast. And so while I was in the midst of that, I heard God speak to my heart and I just had this thought. And he said, hey, you know, I want you to go out to the garden. And the beautiful thing about it was we finally had um, a decent break in some weather where it actually felt like spring. So um, I went to my basement, got my tools and went out into my garden. And so not surprisingly, it was some work that needed to be done uh, because I had not touched it uh, all fall nor all winter. And so even before I go on, I just want to give you this instruction uh, in regards to this. Go to the garden. And of course, uh, for those that don't know my mother, my mom, uh, one of her AKAs is the garden girl. Um, and she got her green thumb from her mother. And so I don't have a green thumb per se, uh, but I do like getting out doing yard work because it's just, it's just healthy for me. But uh, this is what I encourage you to do. And this could very well be a word from the Lord. And matter of fact, I believe it is the way that it kind of came to me. So here we go. If you have a garden already, great. But if you don't, uh, what you, matter of fact, let me say this again. If you have a garden, this is what I want you to do. And this is what needs to be done. Keep working it, but then plant something new. We're going to tell you why, but plant something new. And if you don't have a garden, get something simple, something green, and alive in your house that you can personally tend to, vegetable, flower, or plant. So again, uh, if you have a garden already, keep working at it. I encourage you to plant something new. Uh, but then if you don't have a garden, get a, get a plant, get a vegetable, or maybe you can grow some strawberries. You can even have something. If, even if you're in an apartment, you can get a little container. But in other words, get something green, get something alive that you can tend to. And you might be wondering, well, man, what do I need to do all that for? This is why. And I believe God said this, uh, so I want to release it to you. The reason why is you need something to cultivate. <laughs> Somebody right now just shout cultivate. Yeah. And so I'm going to take one more sip, but I'm going to uh, share with you the Merriam-Webster definition of the word cultivate. And then we're going to get rocking and rolling. So there's four definitions I'm going to cover, but the first three are right here. In the Merriam-Webster definition, the word, the definition of cultivate means to prepare. This is number one, to prepare or prepare and use for the raising of crops. So again, number one is to prepare or prepare and use for the raising of crops. The second definition of cultivate is this, to foster the growth of. That's strong. So cultivate means to foster the growth, the growth of. The third definition is to improve by labor, care, or study. So again, the third definition of cultivate is to improve by labor, care, or study. So here we go. God wants us to prepare. God wants us to learn to foster growth. And he wants us to improve by labor. 
Come on, somebody. He wants us to improve by care. God wants us to improve by study. <laughs> study, as a matter of fact, study to show yourself approved. So God wants us to improve by studying. And then the fourth definition sounds a little bit interesting uh, because it gets specific to the garden. But that's where some revelation came in, came in while I was out there uh, working my little small garden that I have on the side of my home. This is the fourth definition of the word cultivate. It means this, to loosen or break up the soil about growing plants. I'm going to say that again. The word cultivate means to loosen or break up the soil about growing plants. And so God began to start unfolding and un unloading and downloading some things to me while I was out in the garden. And so uh, what happened while I was in the garden, uh, of course, there were some weeds there, but I began to use this instrument right here. How many of y'all know what this is? For the people that do not know what they call this, this right here is a handheld spade. So this is a spade here. So I began to use this instrument uh, to kind of start digging up some things from the root there. Now, this is what I didn't realize what I was doing because I actually had to go back and find out that what I was doing was actually cultivating in my garden. But according to this website, uh, Mantis, uh, that, I, that I read, and Mantis is this company that, that creates tools like, like this and, and others, uh, but they said cultivating as a practice is really two things. One of the things is that when you cultivate in a garden or when you cultivate soil, because we're talking about cultivating soil right now, um, what it is, what happens is you're removing weeds from the garden and loosening the soil to optimize the retention and penetration of air, water and nutrients. So I'm going to say that again. When you're cultivating, you're removing weeds from the garden. That's one. And you're loosening the soil so that way you can optimize the retention and penetration of air, water, and nutrients. Just hang with me. Just stay with me right now. So God began to speak with me in regards to this concept here from two different perspectives. So the first perspective is from a personal perspective. So again, we're, we're doing some things dealing with the garden. And uh, uh, let, let, let's, let me hit you with this thought here. So from a personal perspective, first and foremost, I want to say this. In times like this, instead of hitting the panic button, don't hit the panic button. What you need to do instead is hit the purpose button. Hit the purpose button. Oh, I don't have that, that little button in front of me, but <laughs> what you want to do is hit the purpose button. Somebody say, I will not panic. I will not hit the panic button, but I will hit the purpose button. And here's the thought with this, because this is one thing that God was encouraging me, not that I've been panicking, but I also want to encourage you with this. You cannot hit the two buttons at the same time and expect them to work. In other words, you can't hit panic and purpose at the same time and expect them to function. Either you're going to be in panic when you're hitting that button or you're going to remain calm and be in purpose. So somebody right now, just, just go ahead and hit your purpose button, even with your own hand. Say, hey, you know, I'm not hitting the panic button. I'm hitting the purpose button in the name of Jesus. And so on purpose, when we're on purpose, from the personal perspective, when we're on purpose, if you allow it, there's some things that can happen as God is in the midst of cultivating soil. 
And as uh, uh, there's this cultivating that's going on, because this is one thing that I noticed, there's people out and about uh, with us being home. I've been seeing a lot more people doing yard work. Very interesting because God is at work as well. So number one, from a personal perspective, God can cultivate the ground of our hearts so that the character is cultivated. So God is cultivating the ground of our hearts in times like this. When we hit the purpose button, not panic, but when we hit the purpose button, God can cultivate the ground of our hearts so that our character, our character must be cultivated. Remember, again, the definitions that we talked about, right? To prepare or prepare and use for the raising of, to foster uh, the growth by or to, or to improve by labor, care or study. So, again, God is looking to on a personal level. In times like this, to cultivate the ground of our hearts so that our character is cultivated. Glory to God. And I've said this a few times before, but it's worth repeating and saying again that the glory of God will not rest on weak character. I'm going to say that again because some people might be hearing this for the first time. But God, God let me know that. He was like, hey, you know what? There's a visitation, but we don't want visitation. We want habitation. So the glory of God will not rest on weak character. And so uh, uh, just to catch some people up, because uh, we've been in a series, uh, but there was another word maybe a few weeks ago uh, that said this, that the people who know their God, and this is, you don't have to turn there, but this is a reference in Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, that the people who know their God, the people who know their God, only the people who know their God shall actually be strong and do. And so uh, I'm not going to spend too much time in this, but dealing with character, crisis exposes character. <laughs> crisis exposes character. And so what's happening, there's a whole lot that is on display right now as people uh, are under different pressures. And then we're finding out, you'll find out who it is that you're actually putting your trust in. And so what God is doing in this season, if we allow him, if we partner with him, is to be able to cultivate our hearts. So that way the character of God can be cultivated. That way the character of God can be grown up. Because to be a Christian is to be Christ-like. Simple definition. But being a Christian is to be like Christ. To, to have his character. Amen. And so now is not the time to be like you. <laughs> now is the time to be like him. And what did Jesus do? He rested in the middle of a storm. Glory to God. So what he does in times like this, what God is doing in the cultivating process of our hearts, what he's doing in times like this is turning over old soil. He's turning over old soil so that way we can retain peace. So that way we can retain peace and the air of his presence can bring refreshing to our lives. So you'll be able to get more understanding about this cultivating, this cultivating process for those that have a garden, you know exactly what I'm talking about. For those that will be getting their little garden or something, you'll understand or you can YouTube. But when you're turning over to old soil, what happens is um, over a period of time, uh, you know, the sun and the conditions of the, the environment begin to bake and, and that, the first, that, that first level of the soil. And it gets hard and it gets difficult for the roots to underneath to be able to receive the nutrients. And so the soil has to be turned over. And so in the midst of also in this time, again, God is looking to cultivate our hearts so that way his character can come forth. 
But then number two, on a, from a personal perspective, what's happening in our midst is that gifts now, gifts that God has given, it's an opportunity for them to be cultivated. Come on. It's an opportunity for them to be cultivated. Too many people operate from the surface level of their gifting, but I believe God wants to go deeper. God wants to go deeper. God wants to go deeper in how we've been functioning, even into some giftings. There's another level that we can, excuse me, that we can go to that he wants to cultivate. And so again, he wants to get through that surface layer because this, this is what I noticed um, after I started digging up some roots. Then I started noticing uh, that surface level in my garden. I was like, man, this is kind of dry. And so he was like, hey, you know what? You're going to have to cultivate. You're going to have to turn that over. And then as I started turning over that surface level of soil, I started seeing the richness. And I was like, oh, this is where the nutrients and this is where the moisture has been. And matter of fact, that's why roots go down. Because that's where the nutrients are. Roots that stay in the surface will eventually die because they have to, uh, they experience the harshness of the sun and winds and other things of that nature. So God is looking for these gifts. These gift things got to be cultivated in this season. You've got time. You've got time for some gifts to be cultivated. And then this is also connected to identity. As you're cultivating your giftings, you begin to find out who it is that God is given and what it is that God has given you distinctly. So you'll be able to find out more who it is that God has called you to be. And then you'll be able to discover as you dig deeper more what it is that God has given you and what he's called you to do. So again, this cultivating of giftings from a personal perspective is about identity. Now, I'm going to say something. I'm not going to decode it. But for those that are on social media, you're going to know what I'm talking about when I say this point right here. This is strong, but this is good. IG is not your ID. <laughs> Woo! I'm going to say that again. IG is not your ID. For those that are on Instagram, you know what I'm talking about. IG is not your ID. And when you have this terminology that takes place now where people call themselves influencers. They say, hey, you know what my title, my position is? I'm an influencer. So I want to say this. If influencers are not truly connected or inspired by Christ, what you as a believer, what you have to do is monitor their level of influence in your life. I'm going to say that again. IG is not your ID. And you have to, Instagram is not your identification. Let me just go ahead and break it down. Instagram is not your identification. So in this time period where God is looking to cultivate while he has your attention and he should be having your attentions, don't fall back and get into new distractions. While God has your intention, identity can be formed and cultivated and giftings can be developed and called forth and cultivated at a, at a deeper level. And so that way he can mark and identify who you are and you don't have to go comparing yourself to somebody else that you might see on Instagram. Instagram is just that surface level. It's just a picture. It's just a frame. Even right now, what you're seeing is a frame, but you don't see the full scope of what this room looks like. And so we can look at people's images and say, oh, man, I want to be like this. No, that's just a picture. You don't know the person. And so what God is saying is like, hey, I want to cultivate the person. I want to cultivate your character. I want to cultivate your, 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 your giftings, who you are. 
So again, don't look to Instagram. Uh, maybe you can get some ideas to be inspired from, but that is not your model. That is not your pattern. That is not your example. Because it will be totally unfulfilling. And you even you might feel good, but it is not fulfilling what it is that God has created for your life. So again, somebody just type, shout, say, especially for the young folks that are on, or even some of the older people that are on Instagram. IG is not my ID. Instagram is not my identification. In other words, I don't get my identification from the people I see on Instagram. And I believe that we're going to have some more time to see if you're talking about cultivating giftings, cultivating your persona. I believe God's going to give us some more stuff in regards to that. So I'm going to leave that point right here for right now. Glory to God. So again, number one, God is looking and can, when you partner with him, cultivate the ground of our hearts so that way his character, his character, this is not the time for you to come forth in your flesh. So he's looking to cultivate the grounds of our hearts. Number two, from a personal perspective, God is looking for gifts to be cultivated. And then connected to that gifting is the identity first. And then number three, this is another partnership that we want to connect with with God in this season while we have this unique time that we have here. God is looking to partner with us for this one in particular. And so with this extra time and being in close proximity with one another, I'm seeing families riding bikes and I'm seeing people out together doing things. So with this extra time and being in proximity to family in homes, so while you're with family in homes, we have some relationships that need cultivating. Yeah, we have some relationships that need cultivating. So here we go. If you're unmarried, what you can do in the season is get to know God and yourself better. Totally fine. Cultivate that relationship. That's always ongoing, married or unmarried. If you are married, then what you need to do is learn, take time to learn to cultivate, not cultivate. You want to cultivate your spouse. Don't cultivate, but cultivate. <laughs> you want to cultivate your spouse. For those that are married in homes together, you want to cultivate. You want to learn in this season. Don't just go to the surface level. Dig a little deeper. Like, Lord, help me to see, help me to, you know, ask, ask some questions. Here's another thing. Parents, you have to cultivate your children in this season. You need to get to know your children in this season. And children, especially for those that might be a little bit older, but you're still in home with your parents, children, uh, you need to get to know your parents. One thing I think it is interesting, let me say that part again, children, you need to get to know your parents. Ask them questions. Just find out about who they are in this season, what it is that they aspire to do. Even glean from their relationship with God, cultivating relationships. Come on, we got relationships that need to be cultivated. In the midst of what they say, social distancing, I'm hearing that families are even talk talking and having more conversations than never before. Some people are on FaceTime. Some people are on Duo. Some people are having, or those are video uh, chats there. Some people are on Zoom. Some people are having more phone calls than ever before. Cultivate relationships. Glory to God. You can be creative even for a date night. Even if you can't go out, you can have a date in. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm going to get an amen from my wife on that one. <laughs> we got an amen from that. So, again, so parents, children, cultivate one another. Grow. 
And if by some chance in some environments, if this cultivation leads to arguments, then it's an indication that it's more of you that needs to be uprooted. I'm going to say that again. So even if it leads some arguments, because some people don't like talking to each other, uh, then what it is, is just more of you has to be uprooted. So God, I thank you, Lord, that flesh is being uprooted in the name of Jesus. But you got to partner with him and allow him to do this. And more of him needs to be seated. So as you're uprooted, because I had to dig, I had to dig with this spade. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I'm seeing, because what was happening, I'm not pulling, I'm not going to get those, those weeds out, but uh, they had these little bulbs. It almost kind of looked, you know, my daughters were there, quote unquote, helping me, <laughs> but they were enjoying as well. So it was good for them to be out there. But it kind of looked like little onions. So from the surface, they were like, dad, well, this is a flower. I was like, no, it blooms, but it's a weed. Whew, another message, another time, but some stuff might look good. It might look flowery, but underneath the surface, it's choking out nutrients for what I originally planted. So I, oh my God, I just heard God say, hey, you know what? That's why some stuff has to be uprooted. Even some stuff in your own life that you might think is good and that you might hold on to it for protection. God said, God saying, hey, in your heart, I have to dig that up because that's going to choke out the purpose that I have for your life. Ah, all right, so here we go. So what you want to do as you're uprooting, the sower sows the word. We're not at our scripture yet, but what you want to do for one another, you want to sow the word. You want to sow scriptures. You want to sow something that is encouraging to one another. That's what kind of helps keeps, you know, arguments down. You know, I believe it was my daughters, you know, my wife was just having some good time with my daughters and she was just sharing. It's like, man, sharing with them, just imparting wisdom in her life and our life with them. It was just her and our, and our daughters. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so good. And I'm just kind of moving about, but I'm hearing. But she's saying it's like, hey, you know what, daddy and I, you know, we get into disagreements. Sure. But you don't hear us fighting and fussing and screaming, do you? They were like, no, this is why we sow the word into one another. She prays for me. I pray for her. We pray together. Amen. Now, this is another thing with this thought, and then we're going to go higher. As you sow the word, this is what the word doesn't produce. The word does not produce a cactus. Because <laughs> what cactus do, they just hold on to water for themselves. So the word does not produce the cactus. Some of you right now that might be watching, you just so thorny right now. So just encourage somebody. Or if you're in a room with somebody, just encourage one another. Say, hey, let's not be thorny. Don't be thorny. Or you could just type to your neighbor. Slap your neighbor and say, don't be thorny. We are not going to be thorny in this season. Glory to God. No, no, no. Matter of fact, they, anyways. So I just want to repeat this point. From the personal perspective of God cultivating soil and cultivating in this season, it's a partnership with you and him. It's a partnership with us. So again, number one, God is looking to cultivate the ground of our heart so his character can come forth. Number two, God is looking for giftings to be cultivated. And in connection with that is our identity in him and what he's gifted us to have and to do. And then number three, relationships have to be cultivated with him. Uh, but then also our earthly relationships with one another, family, friends, associates, whatever the case may be, but especially those closest to you. As much as they can be, grace is available to cultivate relationships. 
in the name of Jesus. Now, let's go higher and let's dig deeper. Yeah, let me take another sip because we're going to go higher. That was the first personal perspective, but we're going to go higher here. All right, the second perspective, and these are just the two perspectives that God began to start speaking to me as I was out there in the garden, and it was so good uh, just being out there. So the, the, second, the first perspective was personal, and we dealt with those three matters, uh, but the second perspective is from a providential perspective, divinely inspired, it's, so it's from a providential perspective. So remember that fourth definition of cultivate means this, to loosen or break up the soil that is about a growing plant. To loosen or break up, to stir, to loosen or just kind of break up. Remember that surface level where things get hard and things get caked up and then it gets harder for fertilizer to kind of pen penetrate and get to the roots. So what? So so this is kind of things that needs to take place. So about weeds, some of y'all that, that get in your garden and then you understand, here's some interesting things that I noticed about the weeds in this garden. And about weeds in general, weeds have a systematic root system and cultivating exposes the weeds and looses them from the soil. So weeds, they're systematic. But once once I started cultivating, once I started turning over the soil, I was able to get to the weeds. I was able to get to the roots of the matter. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is systematic. And then even that I find interesting as I was doing this. I found some weeds so close to the plant that it made it very difficult to try to uproot it, <coughs> excuse me, without, without um, getting to the roots of the plant. And I was like, oh, this weed is slick. It was one weed in particular as, I'm, as, as I moved. And so what God is doing, what, 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 uh, he, he is uprooting some things. So every weedy system, Every weed-like system is being uprooted in the name of Jesus. That's what's going on even in the midst of everything that's happening. Systems are being shaken. God is uprooting some things and turning the soil over. Some things that have been hard and some things that have been difficult for his presence, the air of his presence to be able to get through and provide nutrients. God is, God is turning the soil over in these systems. Come on, Jesus. So now what we've seen from a providential perspective, uh, there's, there's three things that we've seen here. Uh, one, God is breaking up the marketplace. We've seen that happening. He's turning over the soil of the marketplace and economies. And, and here's one thing. The marketplace had become mammon in many people's eyes. And mammon had become God. And God wants to remind, in particular, his people who their true source is. I just believe that. As things are being disturbed round about us right now, don't hit the panic button, hit the purpose button. But the market had become, or money had become mammon. And this mammon had become God, the strong tower, the strong fortress that people had leaned upon. And so in the midst of this, God is reminding his people who their true source is. Amen. So it's not in any man or any other economic system. Come on. 
So again, I need to encourage you, the people who know their God, this is the time for the people who know their God. This is the hour and the moment for the people who really know their God. <laughs> it's the people who know their God shall be strong by putting their whole confidence, their weight, their trust, their hopes in him. Yeah. So again, from the providential perspective, the economy is a marketplace. The soil is being turned over. I won't spend too much in this part right here. But number two, God is uprooting governmental systems. He is uprooting governmental systems. So you got things where governments are trying to provide solutions and, and come up with this and come up with that. But God says, hey, you know what? No, the government shall be upon my shoulders. So what governments need to do is call upon him so that way he can answer, so that way he could provide. Because we're realizing in the midst, the might of men is showing that it's not as mighty as people may have once thought it was. So God is shaking up governments. So governments be upon his shoulders in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Governments are being placed upon his shoulders. They have to be. Now, that's part of that cultivating. But in the midst of, 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 of doing all these different things, I started to realize that God began to speak to me even from a deeper perspective. And the climate that's going on, and I'm starting to see it's like, and, I, and, and I'm digging, right? So I'm using this tool at first. So I'm using this spade at first, and I'm in the garden, and I'm seeing different things, and I'm even destroying little grubs uh, because there's grubs, these little worm-type things with teeth, and the little legs that would, uh, I, at first I thought they were good, but someone told me, it's like, no, you want to get rid of those. You want to kill those because what they do, they eat at the roots of the healthy plants. He's like, keep the worms. The worms are good. So we keep, we saw these fat worms, but he's like, the grubs get rid of. So I'm, I'm digging these things, getting rid of roots, getting rid of, um, 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 uh, of grubs and things of that nature. And and seeing soil turned over, because God's like, God, God started telling me in the natural, look, I need you to break up the soil. And as I'm doing this, I'm starting getting these, I'm starting to get these images of what's happening in our society and globally what's happening today. And I'm, I'm picturing, I'm seeing these systems, governments and economies being turned over and, and all that's happening in such a time like this. But then the Lord started letting me know. He was like, look, this is an hour because what I'm doing, I'm breaking up soil and turning things over so that way the healthy plants can grow. So that way the healthy things can grow. And so what God began to start speaking to me, he was like, look, this is what I'm doing. I'm actually cultivating for my son to be able to come forth. Mm. So remember, another definition of cultivate means to prepare or prepare for the use and the raising of. To prepare or prepare for the use for the raising of. So now, you ready for the message title and scripture? Today's message title is this, after all that. Today's message title is this, groundbreaking love. <laughs> groundbreaking love. 
And we're only going to go to two scriptures, but I want you to see the first one. So turn with me to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 1 and 2. Just verses 1 and 2. Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 53. Somebody just say groundbreaking love. You saw it in our thumbnail for the image for today. Uh, but groundbreaking love. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. In Isaiah chapter 53, verses 1 through 2. And it says this. Who has believed our report? There's a whole bunch of reports going on in the news right now. But the scripture says this again, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And I'm just going to do verse two, part A. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. Whoop! And as a root out of a dry ground. I'm going to say that again, because what this is, this is a prophetic prophecy. This is a messianic prophecy. This, is, this came centuries before Jesus ever existed, but this prophecy was about the Messiah. This prophecy was about Jesus. When it starts talking about, for he shall grow up before him, the father, as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground because it was dry spiritually going on. But the, what had to take place was cultivation so that way Jesus can come forth. So I just personally believe that even in an environment today, God is cultivating so that way Jesus can come forth. Now, here's something that was even stronger prophetic. And this is what I want to get to before we want to get to our next scripture. I started with this first utensil, this first garden tool called a spade. But then I had another utensil. Um, that, that I have. And many of you might have this in your garden. It's three prongs. I'm going to turn this way and maybe you can see it. You see one, two, three. And what this is, I actually had to find out. I was like, man, what is this called? You know what this instrument, what this hand tool is called for those that do not know? It is called a garden hand cultivator. Come on. I did not know. I had to search it, but this is called a cultivator. So now I started using this after I did the spade. I started using this and my hand being the soil. I had to use this to kind of turn over the soil. And so I'm turning it this way and I'm turning it that way. And I'm doing this and I'm turning over the soil. And as I'm turning over the soil, the surface level where things are hardened started breaking up. And now I'm able to get to where the richness was and the richness started coming forward. Glory to God. And then this is what I also realized. Even as I was doing this, I was able to actually pull up some weeds that I did not see with, through the spade. Because now I started turning up the soil. And so now these weedy systems started being exposed as I started using the cultivator. Come on. Now, this is cool in and of itself. But then this is what the Lord began to show me. God is very creative with me. But this is what the Lord began to show me as I started looking at this, this three-prong. Now he says, son, now I want you to take this and I want you to turn it this way. And I'm going to do it like this towards the camera. And so when you see from this perspective, this is what he started showing me. You see one, two, three. He says, son, don't you see the crucifix? Don't you see the crucifixion? I was like, oh my God. 
Oh my God, the Lord began to show me and started speaking to me that the crucifixion scene, this one, two, three, Christ being in the middle, was his cultivation. God was using this as love to break ground. And he literally broke the ground of the earth when Jesus was being crucified in love. It was groundbreaking. God was using the crucifixion as his cultivator. And breaking the ground. Oh my God. Ah, shout unto God with this. And in fact, when Christ died, guess what? Grounds were broken. Oh, turn with me. Turn with me. Come on, come on. Let's go to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. You got to get there and see this. Matthew chapter 27, verses 51 through 54. As you turn, I'm going to show this cultivator again. And it's the crucifix. It's the crucifix right here. God was cultivating. This is God's hand. God was using the crucifixion as a hand cultivator. <laughs> Glory to God. And then it says this, this groundbreaking love, Matthew chapter 27, verse 51 through 54. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth quaked and the rocks were split. And the graves were opened. <laughs> and the graves were opened. And many bodies of the saints. Ooh, so it was resurrection taking place on a good Friday. I know we're talking about Sunday when he got up. But when he was going down, others were going. Ah. And the graves were opened. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And many bodies of the saints who were asleep. So what was happening when Jesus gave up the ghost? It was an earthquake, earthquake that took place and tombs were open. And some people that were buried got up out of their tombs and started walking around. And verse 53 and coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Verse 54, so when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly, saying, truly, this was the son of God. So, again, in this cultivation, we saw that the veil was torn. Right. So there was a veil for those that do not know. There was a veil in the temple where the Jews would worship. And so what the veil was, it kind of hid the presence of God. It hid the presence of God. But the Bible says this, that the veil was torn from the top to bottom, meaning it wasn't torn from a place where man can reach it from the bottom up. Normally you tear from the bottom up and see it go up that way. God tore it or angels tore the veil from the top down. So I'm saying this with the cultivator, with the cultivating process. Now, God was uprooting and tearing up an old legalistic system. This is part of an old religious. We talked about uh, economics. We talked about government. But God was now tearing up a religious system, a religious weedy system that kept people bond in bondage, that kept people choked up, that didn't allow the air of his presence to get into their lives. And so the veil was torn. In other words, it was torn up. That those old rituals, those old dead things were torn up. Jesus was turning over a religious system. And so when the veil was torn, Jesus uprooted an old legalistic system and instituted. He began, he started, he initiated a new system of love. 
That's what's so groundbreaking. It was groundbreaking love. And so even today, religion cannot be religion like it used to be. I heard it today uh, that even the Pope with Catholicism and the 1.3 billion Catholics, this is the first time they're actually streaming la uh, mass. Before, they had a rule where they were not streaming. <laughs> has to be turned over. Old legalistic systems has to be turned over. And so new things has to come forth in this season. Glory to God. And so, again, I said it before, but when the earthquake happened, now here's another thing that got turned over. The stronghold of death had to be turned over. Woo, I say it like this. The keys of death or the keys that death had had to be turned over, quote unquote, they had to be turned over to Jesus. We see the beginning of this, the stronghold, the, the weedy system of death. As soon as Jesus, as soon as God cultivated through the crucifixion and through the cross and through his love, the grounds had to be broken. And now people that were once dead, they were alive and came forth out of their tombs, y'all. There was resurrection. Resurrection was the new system. And guess what? Resurrection happens today. It wasn't just Jesus. It was other people that got up. <laughs> so groundbreaking means this. When you hear the term groundbreaking, it means introducing new ideals or methods. So when we're talking about groundbreaking love, God is introducing something new and introducing a new methodology. We're not going to be stuck into the old system. He's turned that over. We cannot go back to that. You cannot go back to the old attitude. You better not go back to the ad, old attitude. You cannot go back to the old way of thinking. As long as you keep reseeding and seeding and getting the mind of Christ on the matter, new things can come forth. New blooms can come forth. There's things that God has planted in your life and he's looking for annual productivity. So someone just say right now, I will produce every year. Every year, no dry seasons. And so here we go. I'm going to hold this cultivator in my right hand. Jesus was the ultimate groundbreaking solution. <laughs> Jesus was the ultimate groundbreaking solution. And this groundbreaking love, and this is, and this is groundbreaking love. And this is what I love about this. God is not afraid of getting in the dirt of our lives. God is not afraid of getting into your lives. It was like, well, Lord, this part is dirty. God's like, it's okay. I know what to do with dirt. I know how to form. I know how to, I know how to move and use it to shape something new. <laughs> and I want to encourage you with this. Do not be afraid to let him begin to cultivate your life. Don't be afraid. It's like, well, man, this, this, the, the crucifix, the crucifix, this cultivating looks so scary. But Jesus said this, hey, you know what? You take up your cross. You take up your cross and follow me. This is that cultivating process. This is what it looks like. It looks like crucifixion. It looks like dying. Oh, oh, people celebrate the resurrection. Glory to God. But guess what? There had to be some dying that takes place. So today, when you press the purpose button, You'll find the cultivation is really this. The cultivation is for the culmination of sons. I'm going to say that again. God is cultivating for the culmination of sons. The coming forth of sons and of daughters. When I say sons, it just means humanity. 
God is cultivating uh, for the culmination of sons and daughters. That Christ that is on the inside of you, that Christ that is on the inside of you, God is digging. And it might not feel good, but he's turning over soil so that way Jesus on on the inside of you can come forth. So that way the cross that we bear, so that way the Christ, the anointing, can come forth in you and in me in this season. So again, make room for the Son. Make room for the sons. He's making room for the sons. He's making room for the daughters. When he's turning over economic and marketplace systems, it's a transfer of some things. It's a transfer of some things. God is making room for the sons and daughters. When he's turning over government, he's repositioning some things for some sons and daughters can be raised up and take their seats. And even old religious religious institutions, God is turning over some things so that way the people that he has planted that have been planted in righteousness can be able to take root and come forth and bloom in this season. I just prophesy and declare uh, for some that are watching right now that this is your season to bloom. This is your season to bloom. This is what scripture says. Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren. And the brethren is us. It's the harvest that God is cultivating for. And then this is this is why this season, this hour, this shifting, this turning over is so significant. Now, let me encourage you with this. While people are being frustrated at being quarantined, remember this. Seeds aren't afraid to be buried. Seeds, seeds aren't afraid to be buried and die because they multiply. So even in the midst of this quarantine, what it is, it's just a form of burial. It's just a form of being enclosed. (laughs) Because in this season, the body of Christ is going to come forward like never before. Christians should be excited because this about this time, because we know what happens. God cannot be boxed up. The anointing cannot be boxed in. His presence cannot be contained. And so there is a release. There is going to be a glorious resurrection of glory and various things are going to be resurrected like never before in this hour and in this season. And you and I, we're going to come out greater if, if it's conditional, if we partner with him in this process. If we say yes to cultivation. You've got to allow him to turn some things over in your life. And there's some things that you might be holding on to. God saying, turn it over. There's some things that you might be holding on to that you might be treasuring and thinking that it's something that, well, this is, this is what I've been wanting, wanting for so long. God says, hey, can you turn it over? Turn it over. I've got something that's even deeper than this. You're holding on to something that's surface. That's dried up now. Turn it over. Somebody just lift up both hands right now and say, God, I am turning it over. God, I am turning it over. I am turning it over. I am turning it over in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Yeah, let's just begin to just pray into that right now. God, I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus that you are turning things over. God, that that, that people right now are turning things over. They're turning over uh, stubbornness. They're turning over rebellion God they're turning over fear they're turning over panic God and pressing and stepping into purpose they're turning over rage God they're turning over doubt they're turning over worry 
My God, they're turning it over to you, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that the seed of your word is not being choked out by circumstances. That people right now, that's even now, that, 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 that aren't just receiving this and saying hallelujah, and then they're just going to forget about it the rest of the day or tomorrow. God, I pray right now, God, let this seed, God, go deep. Plant it deep, God, in the name of Jesus. You are the gardener, God. You are the great gardener. You are the husbandman. You tend to this garden, God. Tend to, attend to your word, God, that you've planted. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody, turn it over. You know, you need to just say, some of you right now just need to say, yes, Lord. Some of you right now actually need to get on your knees. I'm just seeing this right now. Some of you actually need to get on your knees and just release and yield to the Lord. You need to be arrested in his presence in the name of Jesus. So just lift up both hands and just say yes to God right now. Just say yes to God right now. We say yes, Lord. We say yes, God, in the name of Jesus. We say yes. Some of you just need to obey because some of you have been running. You've been running. And God says, hey, you know, I've called you. You can't even run. Every time you run and do your own thing, you, you get caught up in weeds. And so God says, hey, right now I'm going to cultivate and I'm going to I'm going to work to get these weeds out of your life. But don't go back. Some relationships right now. I'm just seeing this right now. Some relationships that you've been in been in and that you've been cultivating on your own. Some of you have actually been cultivating a weed relationship. And God's saying, hey, you need to uproot that right now in the name of Jesus. Cut it off. Cut off that weed relationship. You thought it was pretty because it bloomed like a flower, but it was a weed. And God's saying, hey, you need to uproot that. Don't cultivate that. That's not the flower. That's not what's supposed to blossom in your life. Cut it off. Well, how do I cut it off? You cut it off by deleting the number, unfollowing them on social media. And if they try to reach back out to you, cut them off. Block the number. Do not respond. Do not answer. If you have any possessions of theirs, throw it away. Any pictures, any old pictures, throw it away. Uproot it. Woo! I'm just hearing this, so let me just kind of land this to just a little bit more. God, I thank you, Lord, that you're cultivating and uprooting soul ties in the name of Jesus. Under the sound of my voice, some of you that got intertwined uh, physically, emotionally, even sexually, God, I thank you, Lord, that there's deliverance taking place in the room, in the room, in the name of Jesus. God, that you are cultivating and uprooting soul ties. Some of you have made some covenants and pacts with partnerships. And God says, hey, that needs to be uprooted in the name of Jesus. Come on, Holy Ghost. Cultivate in the name of Jesus. Now, God, break up the grounds of hearts, God. Break up the grounds of hearts in the name of Jesus. Come on, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God. Now, there's one other thing I just want to be able to pray. Now, Father, let the gifts, let the gifts come forth. Let the gifts, God, and true identities of sons and daughters, not the mimickings, not the copycats, but let the true identity of sons and daughters begin to come forth in this season. <laughs> I just heard this. I don't even know fully what it means, but the Lord was like, call a spade a spade. Call a spade a spade. So guess what? You are whole. 
You are whole. You are sound. You are created for his purpose. That's the spade that I'm calling forth. I'm calling a spade a spade. You are a son and a daughter. You are not identified with any other condition, any other dis-ease. a matter of fact, we're just going to call it pure, righteous, holy in the name of Jesus. Come on. I'm calling a spade a spade. We're calling a spade a spade. Sons and daughters, come forth right now. The earth is waiting for you for such a time as this. God, so I thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, that, that, that sons and daughters are not mimicking and they're not looking to the world as an example for, for technique or anything, God. But they are getting locked into your presence. And that sons and daughters are coming forth in the name of Jesus.